you're listening to the Man Overseas Podcast, a show that explores methods and ideas to help you live a bigger life. You will hear interesting stories of how people live, how they save and invest their money, and why having time wealth is better than being a billionaire. If you are entertained, educated, or elevated, be sure to hit the subscribe button. We're just getting started. Now here is your host, Brad D'Antonio. Hello, beautiful listeners. Good to be back from a hiatus, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Before I introduce today's guest, Gerald Awok, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. I want 2023 to be your best. I want you to be in good health, because without your health, you don't have much else. I wish you prosperity. I want you to make more in 23 than you've ever made in your life. I want to see your net worth go through the roof. Wealth on top of wealth on top of wealth. If you wish to invest in yourself, the best way I know starts with a personal coach. Try it. Why not? I'm available to you. I've got one spot open Tuesday, one on Wednesday. First come, first served. If I'm not your bag, I'll refer you to someone else who might be. Lastly, this year, I wish you lots of love. Yesterday, I was hugging my wife and saw my daughter coloring on the coffee table. I said, Bebe, do you want to come join us? Make it a family hug? She looked down at her coloring attempt because she's not doing anything between the lines yet. But she looked down, thought about it a second, put her color down and said, yes. And she stood up and she ran over to us and she joined the family hug. And I asked her, I said, Aria, what's our last name? What kind of hug is this? She said, family hug. And I said, no, what's our last name? And she goes, Denton, Denton. And I said, that's right. This is a Denton hug. And I love a Denton hug. But it's so funny to see how my name, our name, has evolved over time. Because it went from Tutu to like Datu to like Danton is what it is now. So I said, I love a Denton hug. And she said, me too, Dada. And she rested her head on my leg. That's the kind of love I wish you this upcoming year. It's the little things. And the only reason I thought of that was a buddy of mine sent me a text this morning at, I don't know, 5.30 a.m. saying he had already been to the gym. He's all fired up about the upcoming year. He's a buddy and a client. And they're interchangeable at this point. I mean, I, I love my clients. But... um He said, what's the best thing that happened to you this year? And I I couldn't think of anything, but I'm like, well, this happened yesterday. And so I would say the best thing that's happened to me this year is just getting to spend so much time with my daughter and and lovely wife. And let me ask you this. At what point do you start calling your wife lovely? And is it cool to say, like if you were introducing your, your wife to one person, you wouldn't say, well, hi, Inger. We just had lunch with Inger the other day. Inger, this is my lovely wife, Miriam. But if it's a hundred people, is it okay if you're at the podium and say, this is my lovely wife, Miriam? And if Miriam really is hot, is it is that being arrogant? But if you're 70, of course you say she's lovely. You know, where somebody... Send me an email, teach me something about that. I'm curious. Isn't that that kind of interesting? Anyway, 
I'll cover a few, a few quick things about the heart since we're talking about love and a little rap about money, not an actual rap because I'll leave the rap into my guest. He's an actual rapper. But uh, i tell you some things about money that maybe you don't know. So with regard to the heart, did you know that more people die of a heart attack on three days than any other during the year? And that those are December 25th, 26th, and January 1. And this is for several reasons. People put off going to the doctor around the holidays. Hell, my doctor told me he'd be in the office around the holidays, and he was not. Same guy I've talked bad about in the past. If you wish to know which doctor to avoid in New Orleans, let me know. My mom was referred to him recently, and I texted her the other day and said, don't give this guy a try. Avoid him like the plague. He's not a POS, but he's not a stud either. And I surround myself with studs. I don't care what you do for a living. But getting back to our heart, it's just the nature of our cardiovascular system and how it's all tied together. People aren't exercising as much during this time of year. They tend not to eat well this time of year. Also, when you have company at your house, I've read that on average, the host will get two and a half hours less sleep than normal. Interesting, right? So remember this, your genetics, they load the gun, but your habits, which I'm always talking about, they get thrown off when you have company at your house. So try to keep them in order as much as possible, but your habits, your diet, your exercise, that's what pulls the trigger. So your genetics load the gun, your habits, diet, and exercise pull the trigger. Now money advice. Well, I'm not going to give you money advice because this is for entertainment purposes only, so I'll tell you a story. When I bought my first home, the interest rate was 7 and an eighth percent. When I was born, interest rates were almost 20%, and my mom and dad had just bought a house. The moral, moral of the story is don't let, let interest rates, as they currently are, keep you from buying a home. Don't try to time the market. You'll be paying that house off quickly anyway, am I right? That is, unless the economy implodes or something. <laughs> Yahoo's lead article today is Bidenomics. It's been a pretty good year. <laughs> so if you want motivation, I say this a lot, if you want motivation, if that's what you're seeking, revisit the content that lights you up, that will light a fire under your ass to get you going, that'll get you to the gym, or go to Barnes & Nobles, or sign up for a coaching program. And a coach is someone who can be objective in your life. They're willing to be candid with you, and you can take it. And if you can take it, then there's some serious personal growth that will follow. Trust me on that. There are too many sensitive people that would never engage in the services of a coach because they aren't willing to be objectively monitored weekly and be told, yeah, I probably wouldn't say that, bro. But if you want to be blindly optimistic about the future, financially speaking, read Yahoo articles. Watch CNN. They even have a financial channel. They also, I could go on and on about CNN. I can't. I walked into somebody's house just this morning and they had CNN on their television. And, and I'm thinking, why would you do that? I mean, I, I instantly think differently of, of that person. I can pretty much guarantee you they won't know what the economy's doing. 
they'll tell you inflation is transitory, just as an example. So maybe you learn a big word, but you'll get a big side of bullshit with the big word. <laughs> Janet, Yellen, Janet Yellen gave us that one. I don't know if you remember Janet Yellen, but she's back. She was during the Clinton days, and she's back with us now. So at least while Biden's in office, you're not going to get any sort of truth about economics. You're going to have to dig for it. And if you're looking for accurate information, especially you super lefties, you're going to have to branch out for some facts. It's going to hurt a little. The truth always does. But you'll be informed. Maybe make a better decision in your life as a result. I don't have more fact. I could throw some more facts at you if you want. I get emails from like the National Association of Realtors. The average age of a first-time home buyer is now up to 36 years old. Isn't that something? 36. Ten years ago, if you had bought Tesla stock, $10,000, that's usually the number that people use. If you had bought $10,000 in Tesla stock, it'd be worth $1.6 million, or it would have been worth $1.6 million. Now it's down to $660,000. So that is one that's gone all over the place. I have a client that's real big on Rivian stock. I don't I don't mess with that, but just thought you might be interested. Average cost of a small condo in London today is $1.6 million. Costs are going up. Although I have noticed Airbnbs finally are coming down in Houston a little bit. When we first got back from Guatemala, we had to pay $3,000 to stay in the two-bedroom place in the same neighborhood we live in now. And I was renting my condo out, two-bedroom, two-bath, for $15.50 a month. Now, of course, that one's furnished, but I noticed the other day they're only asking $2,400. So it's coming down a little bit. Let me tell you about my guest before I bring him on. And the transition music, by the way, is going to be an excerpt from his rap music. So he goes by 3G, which is Good Gone Gangsta, the title of today's show. I texted him and I said, how do you want to be introduced, my man? He said, I'm an African-American from Houston, Texas. My experiences growing up without a father and having to seek guidance in prison for seven years from the older folks... That was knowledge he's learned that have helped him to make a strong impact and turn his life around. And so I'm proud of him. His story is unique and interesting, and I thought you might enjoy it too, as much as I did. So I invited him on the podcast. Please enjoy. Please send feedback. And Happy New Year, everyone. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be the best year yet. Thank you, folks. Making any moves is all that I do. Making any rules is all that I do. Gerald, I am glad you're here, buddy. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Now, your biological father, you were telling me the other day, is from London, but he's Egyptian. That's why your name is Gerald... Gerald Awok. Awok. How do you spell that? A-W-A-K. A-W-A-K. Have you ever met another Awok? Well, actually, I have. When I was in prison, I had came up on the phone. And when I had the phone, I went on Facebook and searched my last name because, you know, I never met anyone with my last name. So when I searched my last name, 
I see a couple names pop up, Asian. And I'm like, of course, I'm thinking it's not my family member, but they have my last name. So I keep scrolling down and I see, I see a black guy, you know. And you're black. And I'm black. Just to be clear. Yeah. So I put two and two together and I messaged him and I was like, hey, what's your father's name? And he's like, hey, it's Ifyak. And I was like, oh, that's my father's name. So then we started messaging each other and we just put two and two together and found out that we was brothers. And then I found another dude on there with a name that say, you know, different first name, but I contacted him and asked him the same question. He told me the same thing. Wow. He's like, oh, somebody told me I had a little brother. I started like, we started talking and then they didn't know I was in prison the whole time. So I eventually was like, it was like, where you at, man? I was like, oh, I'm in Texas, Canada. And then it was like, you stay out there? I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> but they never knew I was in prison. So when they found out I was in prison, it kind of threw them off a little bit. Like how you have a phone in prison. and Yeah, how did you have a phone in prison? Well, yeah, that's another story. I had guards bringing me phones and all kinds of stuff. in there. What would you do for them? Pay them? I mean, I'll just talk to them, make them feel important. Like I'm going to talk to them when I get out. Yeah. Certain females make them feel like, you know, we're going to build a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I had another guy on this show that used to be a guard yeah. and he was telling me that people try to get you to do stuff for him all the time. But he's like, I'm not going to get you anything and be where you are. Yeah, You know, why would I risk that? Yeah, But you're telling me that females would risk that kind of thing. Yeah. Some females are risky depending on if it's for money or lust or whatever their situation might be. Mm-hmm. But uh, every guard had the different reasons why, as far as why they would do it. You know? Did you ever uh, engage in some lust? Try to, uh, like, conjugal visits? That's a real thing, right? Well, yeah, of course. You know, um, well, I couldn't have conjugal visits because I was a G5 offender. What's that? So you have different custodies in prison as far as, like, your classes. Like, your behavior, depending on your behavior, you got G2s for population. You know, you don't get in any trouble. That's when you first go in prison. Try to find out if you catch any cases. That's when you become G4. So it's more medium custody. You got to stay in for like 20 hours and you only get four hours, two hours of rent. You can go outside, you know, for two hours, but like an hour for shower. And then, you know, you can go to chow, probably like lunch, breakfast sometimes. With G5, I was G5. That's when you 24 hour close custody. Closed custody? What does that mean? Yeah, so like solitary confinement. You were in solitary confinement? Yeah. That means what? No. I was stuck in a cell for 24 hours. How big is the cell? The cell is about, um, say you just stick out your arms like this. Yeah. And you could touch wall to wall. And And it's probably like um, eight to nine feet. And you don't have a cellmate. Well, yeah, I did have a cellmate. Oh, you did? Sometimes I had a cellmate in G5 and sometimes I didn't. It just depends, you know. And when I did have a cellmate, I would probably fight him and try to make them tell him, hey, don't put nobody in my cell. I'm going to fight him. It was like a little tactic everybody used to use to try to get the cell to their cell because I had a phone and my cellmate always wanted to use the phone. Yeah, I guess so. God, so you'd have to hide the phone, I I imagine, because they would search your cell. Yeah, I had to hide the phone. You know, every time count time come through, it was like put it under the pillow or like, Come to the door and talk to the guard a little bit. Try to make them seem like nothing going on. You don't want to be like behind the sheet all day. Kind of raise suspicion. So you try to do be normal sometimes. And they just walk by all the time. Just like, 
walk back and forth all day? Yeah. And I actually got caught because one time I was like that, like behind the sheet and I had the lights off. So they seen the light through the sheet. He act like he didn't see me. So later on, they ran up there and I had my stash by everything ready. When they came, I had got caught with the charger. Oh, no. Yeah, because you're a phone. You got to have a charger and a... They also, you know, you could buy them in there. Yeah. You know, Tell me about that. Like, you can have money in prison, right? Yeah, it's a lot of people that have money. You actually find a lot of resources in there. And that's because of people talking guards and stuff into bringing stuff in, or...? Yeah, I mean, you know, you run into a lot of people as far as, like, you know, people just make mistakes, so... I didn't run into people that was, like, actually sold pounds of marijuana, or but you ran into people that was, like, some big producer or was actually a rapper before, just all kinds of people mm-hmm. that was somebody before. And certain guards would know that, and they would move for them. Mm-hmm. Or they'll get somebody, you know, I don't want to give up to. I see. So, like, if Snoop Dogg was in prison, like, they would get him some weed. Oh, of course. Every yeah. celebrity that goes to prison, you know, they're going to have somebody that's going to... Yeah. Did they have any celebrities in yours at any time? Yeah. Yeah? So we had a couple of them. I don't even know where to start, but some you probably won't know about, but like Charlie Boy, I don't know if you know about him. <laughs> Unless that's C-Murder. I, I know who yeah, C-Murder I mean, is. It's a couple that I don't even know where to start, but... In, we're in your circles, there's celebrities, but I might not have heard of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. They're like rappers, but not like A-list rappers. Like, yeah, not like you know, Hollywood or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just like local artists, so... Okay, so, all right, I want to ask about your your upbringing. So you are one of five kids, right? Yes, sir. And your mom had five kids in five years, right? Yes, sir. How many dads we talking? All right, so it's four different dads. Four different dads. Yes, so... We all have different dads except my older sister and my older brother. So uh, she had us back to back from 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. 16 and 17, she was That's how old she was. Yeah. And the good thing about that is like as a single mother for those 10 years that she raised us before she ran to my stepfather, we all end up graduating. From where? From high school. We graduated high school. What high school? Elsick High School. My Elsick. sister graduated Kerr High School, which is like people that have all honor rolls. So we all graduated. Of course, we, you know, I was the only one that just made that that hard mistake. You made a hard mistake. When was yeah. that? Basically, like towards the end of high school, right when I graduated. Yeah. I read about you. I googled you. Armed robbery. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? That that's with a weapon. You. Or robbing people. Yes, armed robbery is with the weapon or somebody that's over 60. Oh, okay. I didn't know Well, not armed robbery, but aggravated robbery. And so is that why you're G5? Because you're using a weapon? No, so your custody level depends on how you act in prison. Oh, so you weren't acting well in prison. You weren't behaving. Yeah, I had a seven-year sentence, and I had to do the whole sentence. And that seems like a long time when you're 19, so you were probably just like, Fuck it, I'm just going to act up, huh? Is that? Actually, I was 21. Okay. But, you know, I did that. And going down there, it was a lot of people my age, where I'm from, and people was trying to prove a point. I fell right into that the, the worst time, you know, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, like, when all that stuff started going on, when I was in prison, 
just like meeting certain people and everybody trying to get a name and it was like a whole another different world it's like a hierarchy huh where everybody's trying to get status yeah because they get the most respect and they make your time easier why does it make your time easier because everybody makes your time easier everybody respects you don't give you stuff you know the guards make it easy for you let you out the cell Mm. let you do things that the other inmates can't do like have a phone I could see where you'd have that charm, that that magnetic personality that people would, you know, yeah, man, I'll let you out. You want to go lift some weights or shoot some baskets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's the harm, you know? So what's the craziest thing you saw when you were locked up? One time I was watching TV and I was watching, I think, uh, LeBron and Curry, the finals. Why'd you get to do that? I was in G5 at the time. You know, before I was G5, I was like G4, which is medium custody. And I could tell you how I got to that point, too. So uh, medium custody. So we could watch TV for like two hours. You know, Rick, you either go outside or you could watch TV for an hour. So I choose to watch the finals. Everybody's watching the finals. As I'm watching the finals, I see like the room get kind of segregated. Like the Mexicans go on this side and the blacks went on that side. But I'm new to the unit, so I don't really know what's going on. I'm just watching TV. And Where are the whites? We probably it was probably like two or three. Well, they just get their ass kicked all the time, or what? I mean, no, they're just out the way most of the time. You know, they don't yeah. really get into anything. But yeah. if they do, then you know they'll come together and they'll, they'll make something happen, depending on what they're trying to do. But they don't like try to team up with the blacks or the Mexicans. Well, yeah, with the Mexicans, they'll oh, team really? up with them sometimes. You know, just depends. Why do you think that is? Just because of the tone of the skin? Um, I don't know, because I was on one unit where uh, the blacks had uh, riots against the Mexicans. And it was a black got into it with a white. But when the riot was about to break off, it was like five whites and it was like 30 Mexicans. And it was like 15 blacks and the whites automatically ride with the with the Mexicans. I don't know why, but that's how a rule that they used to do was like. They belong to them. Any any of that gay stuff, is that all true? Nah, like all that raping stuff. That was like in the 90s. Now they have stuff like safe prisons. So all that stuff that used to happen in the 90s, people getting raped and like, wash my boxers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, nah, none of that's going on no more. But no. somebody else like being gay is probably because they want to be. Yeah. But uh, they had a circle. Just like out here in society, it's kind of the same way. It's just, you can't. Walk away from it if you want us tonight. Would they put someone who's gay in the population with y'all? They try to keep them away, but, you know, some of them don't want to be away. Mm. So they, they asked them if they gay. They had like a pod for them. They had some, some gay people that have been there for like 40 years plus. You're saying four or 40? 40. 40. Four zero. <laughs> like that's all they know. So he was locked up when he was 17. And I think he like what? 60 right now or something? That's got to be murder, right? Yeah, he like murdered a deputy or something. Jesus. But yeah, now I remember it was one guy, he was gone for like 44 years and he didn't want to go home. He had seen parole and he was like, I don't want to go because I don't know anything. I can see that. I'm not used to any responsibilities, never had a light bill, never had a car, never had nothing but a radio and a fan. You ever see the Saw Shank Redemption? You've never seen that movie? No, what is it? You need to watch it. In fact, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to let you watch it. 
What is it about, though? A white dude and a black dude that spend a lot of time, like 40 years in prison. Oh, okay. But it's like one of my favorite movies. It's one of a lot of people's favorite movies. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. Yeah. The Shawshank Redemption. I had a couple of cellies. I had to meet different people almost every day. So what does that mean? Cell- a cellmate? Yeah, cellmate. Somebody you spend time in the cell with. You know, just whoever puts you in the cell with, that's your cellie. And why would they mix that up all the time? Just so you didn't get to know somebody too good so y'all could plan a, an escape? Sometimes they do it like that, but most of the times people just move somewhere or go to another unit or get in trouble or whatever the case might be. But I had cellies for like two years, three years. I had cellies for like a day, three days, a week. But it, it started becoming to where it was a habit of them putting people in my cell I don't know. So you, do you talk to them and get to know them? Or? Yeah, you know, someone comes in your cell. You have to, you know, greet them, stand them, not be too aggressive. Cause, but you have to find out what, what the individual is about as far as what they're in here for, for one. People lie? Would there be any yeah. benefit to lying? So like sex offenders and stuff like that try to hide it because yeah. if people find out that they're a sex offender and they're walking around the park, then, you know, they're going to make them leave. Especially if it's like a kid. What would happen if, if a dude walked in and it was found out that he had raped a nine-year-old or something? Most likely they're going to beat him up or whatever, step on him and tell him to pack his stuff and tell him to go. Go where? Just basically they're going to send him to like solitary PC. Like they're going to tell the guards to send him there? Or yeah, they're just going to tell him to catch out. Like he'll just go to the door and press the button and be like, hey, I got to go. It's like, yeah, you don't have a choice. He has to go. Yes, you know. <laughs> oh my! And once the guards know, they already know as well. Like, they already. Oh, know he has one of those cases. Yeah, we have to get him out of here. But you're with the murderers, right? Because you're considered a felon. Yeah. Dang. I was around like the worst of the worst. They sent yeah. me to like the worst unit in Texas. And I, you're a smart dude. Did you feel like you were so much smarter than people around you? Like, was it hard for you to find people to have conversations with? No, actually, it's a lot of smart people in there. It's like, yeah, blow your mind. Really? I guess it's due to the fact that you spend a lot of time with yourself. Yeah. And you can reach limits that you never thought. And I think that's what happened to me because I I, I used to tap in with a lot of people that likes to learn. Like older people. Yeah. 60-year-olds who've been in the jail for 40 years. Yeah. Well, no, not those because they not always the- have some type of side effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always be like super freaky or some weird like, oh, every, they see a female and, you know, they just lose their mind and like, <laughs> stop thinking and everything, you know? So like just people that had like 10 years or like they've been gone 15 years, 20, like kind of in between there, they still got some type of society in them. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to say free world. That's what we used to say in that free world. You have some chips, like some Doritos or some type of food from society. You'll be like, oh, there's some free world food. Oh, I see. And so you did a lot of introspection, like a lot of meditation. You think that makes you smarter? Yeah, I definitely think that helped me learn myself a lot to where, you know, I just know all my weaknesses now. Mm. And I worked on all my weaknesses and basically learned what made me think better, think faster. and Like like more clarity. Yeah. Block out my ADHD somehow. Like, 
I'm kind of like, I use my ADHD to like multitask now. Like I could write music while I'm like working out. Oh, in your head? Yeah. Oh, I see. Just different things I yeah. could do. I use my ADHD to try to multitask. What makes you think you have ADHD? Because I can't focus on one thing without something else throwing yeah. me off. I got you. They give you any medication in jail? Ever? Well, yeah, they tried to, but I was selling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was playing there. So what's the currency? What's the besides money? Because a lot of times I would imagine there's not a lot of money floating around. It's more cigarettes or weed or whatever. What would you say is the the second best currency to money? Would it be like uh, a Hustler magazine or something? Oh, man. As far as money, honestly, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but it's a lot of money flowing around in prison. Really? Yeah. I mean, like phones, for one, was like where I was at, at least. It just depends on what unit I get. And these are like Apple phones? Yeah. Like we had 5G phones in the accident. Yeah. The top of the line. Yeah, top of the line. iPhones, you know, uh, Galaxies, Galaxy Notes. I don't know how they was getting those phones in, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we had, it was like $1,300 for a cell phone. Damn. Yeah, fake marijuana. Like synthetic or? Synthetic marijuana. Met. Oh, meth. <laughs> yeah, they had meth. Well, really, any drug you could think of was in there. Did you see meth mess up people's faces? You ever see those before and afters online? Yeah. You, does it do that to people? For real, for I've seen a lot of people, yeah. Faster than a lot of people think? Is that what you're going to say? Man, I ain't seen a lot. I don't even know where to start. Like, as far as, I don't even know what drug made them, they face deteriorate. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see people smoke synthetic marijuana and, like, their eyes start bleeding. Wow. Throwing up for like 30 minutes straight. Wow. Yeah, I done seen stuff like that. And they don't test y'all? For synthetic marijuana? Well, for anything. Yeah. Drug testing. Yeah, they drug test you, but some people, they smell marijuana, they'll come and, you know, test certain people or whatever. And it's random, I imagine. Well, yeah, sometimes. It just depends. But you probably get some female guards that'll warn you like, hey, you're going to get tested on Tuesday and you can mask yeah. it with something. Yeah, we have a lot of those, like, uh, they'll tell you, hey, man, y'all y'all tighten up because they're about to bring the dogs over here and y'all get right. Because the dogs can sniff out the cell? Yeah, I don't know how, but sometimes you just put, like, pepper in front of the cell so to throw the dog off. So you were really into football when you were young, right? Yes, I was. That was my life. You played at Elsick? Yes, I did. What position? So I was cornerback for all four years. Varsity all four years? No, I saw I was varsity for my senior year. Okay. For my junior, sophomore, freshman year, you know. I was always on the A team, though, but yeah, yeah. made varsity my senior year. But you had aspirations of playing college football? Yes, yeah. I did. So, with football, I was like, you know, I was always shorter, but I was always, you know, the fastest or like I could jump the highest and things mm-hmm. like that. I always had to work a little harder. Than the people that was like bigger than me. So and you did? That, yeah. So the first time you were incarcerated was when? It was in 2011. And is that the only time? No, that was the first time when I was 17. I had did a robbery and then I got out when I was 19. And then that's when I was out for two years and I relapsed 
mm. and start going harder than I was in 2011. Going harder just meaning like robbery. stronger crimes, like well, armed robbery instead of robbery or robbery instead of burglary. Well, just robberies instead of robbery. <laughs> <laughs> like we should not be laughing. That's yeah. not funny. Okay, so then just twice in prison? Yeah, so uh, the first time in 2011, they sent me to a program called Young Man About Change to basically like give you a second chance at life, put you on probation, send you back to society. I had five years probation, and in those two years, I had violated my probation by catching two more robberies. And you were robbing because of why? What prompted you to start robbing? All right, so it all basically started, I'm going to say, when I was like 14. Well, no, we started stealing when I was like 9, 10. Who's we? Well, me, my brother, people that I hung around with, we used to steal. And stealing led to burglarizing when I was like 14. And that was just for a high or you needed the money or what? Yeah, we needed the money because our mom, you know, she had you know, four or five kids, so she couldn't. So we used to try to get it on our own. Probably got away with it 90% of the time, huh? Yeah, got away with it. it started getting out of hand sometimes, though. What was it like the first time you got caught? Stealing or burglarizing? <laughs> <laughs> or yes. Give me a story of getting caught by the cops and how you were nervous or how you ran and why didn't you outrun them if you're so fast? Yeah, so uh, let me tell you about the, I'm going to say the first time. The first time we got caught in 2011. This is a dumb reason I was robbing, but I think it was like 420 the next day and we wanted to like, you know, have a smoke out and I was trying to get some money for the smoke out and some mm -hmm. gas. Tell my listeners what 420 is. 420 is the National Weed Day. National Weed Day, yeah. Yeah, but I just found out that's actually Adolf Hitler's birthday. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So how does the two correlate in any way? Do they? I mean, is that just coincidence or is... You know, conspiracy, you could say. Yeah. Find a way to make us celebrate the holiday. Yeah, I was just watching a video earlier today about Kanye talking about Hitler. Have you seen that? Yeah, how he say he sees some good in him. Yeah. I mean, he got, he got a point to a certain degree because, like, a lot of people will blind you as far as, like, the media make you say something about a person that they don't really know. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, Hitler was um, a phenomenal speaker. He was an orator that you and I could not, that skill set you and I could not match. Yeah. There you go. There's something positive to say, but <laughs> yeah. See yeah. I mean? otherwise, total ignoramus, you know, a terrible person, scum of the earth type person. But yeah, no, you were saying. So the first time I was arrested, uh, it was actually weird the way it happened because we was just we got out of hand with it. You know, when you I mean said, like you had too much stuff in the car or you had too much stuff under your. Yeah, that coat. <laughs> no, I was just taking too long to. Oh, to get, get away. the stuff and get away you yeah. start like hey what kind of gum is this why do you have <laughs> juicy fruit yeah. you know what you gonna do with juicy fruit yeah. I don't know it was just being young and dumb Yeah, and we were still in the same area after we robbed the people we went back to the same area like hey, this is a good area <laughs> and went back and seen you know the police mm -hmm. and then they just got behind us and like we just pulled over and like 
Well, that's what they say. People always return to the scene of the crime. Yeah, one yeah. way or another. Yeah. Okay, so then you get arrested. Are you nervous? Like, when you see the cops, I get nervous when I see the cops behind me, and I'm just going 12 miles an hour over the speed limit. So you must have been really nervous, huh? Knowing that yeah. you might be going to jail? Yeah, I was nervous. It was, I can't even explain the feeling at that age. Knowing what I had going on, I was about to go to college, just graduated. You know, I had a son, and I just seen my son like 30 minutes prior to that, like in that same area. So it kind of hit me hard. But the time that really hit me hard was the second time because I already been through this, you know. So when I got out and I was out for two years, everybody was happy for me. And here I go, I relapsed because I didn't have the money I needed. I tried to get jobs. No one was hiring me. Because of your past or? I mean, some jobs was like that, but that wasn't the case. They was just giving me the runaround. And like I was actually running to a job like in a suit. And didn't make it, like made it like two minutes late. And he told me that he's sorry he can't hire me because I might be late in the future. I would have told that, you the same thing. You know, yeah. I can't blame him now that yeah. I know. But at that time, it kind of hit me hard. Like, I keep fighting for a job. I had like, in my glove compartment, when they arrested me, I had like 11 applications. Wow. Paper applications. That was in 2014. Were they impressed? I mean, no, they just said it. I don't know if they was impressed or not, but they was like, he has applications in his glove compartment. But he also has 11 wallets in his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't blame me, you know. Are there any habits you picked up in prison that benefit you to this day? So that would be working out. Yeah. Put all my bad habits into working out. And also, like, I listen to, like, different genres of music because it, does a lot to my energy. So yeah. depending on what I'm listening to, that'll bring out like my different personality because I have like three different personalities. Mm-hmm. So depending on that. Give me an example of what you're talking about. I go by 3G, yeah. which means good, gone, and gangster. Good, going? No, good, gone. Good, gone, yeah, and gangster. And gangster. So those are my three different personalities. I had found that out when I was incarcerated. Just dealing with myself, like, why do I feel this way? I think I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So you know you have a good heart. Yeah. But you also maybe feel the need to escape or you have no problem escaping? Yeah, I don't have... Is the gone part? I mean, you tell me if I'm right. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, it sounds weird, but like the good side is like, you know, I I feel good. I feel like doing good for people. I, you yeah, know, good heart. Peace in That's my heart, I mean. you know, like I don't want no problems, you know. Yeah. And the gone part is like not necessarily bad, but I just black out as far as like I don't know. I can't control what I'm doing. It's just hard for me to think and I snap anything real bad can happen. It can't something real bad can happen. But basically when I black out, I could be driving to work and then the gone side of me. I take over and I just be driving and like, where am I going? And what, you'll get lost? No, I won't get lost. I just, like, probably just go off the, the route. Oh, I see. And be like, oh, I got to make a U-turn. I, I just, I blacked out. I got you. I got you. Or I could be reading a book. That could be the ADHD. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, I hope you don't do that too much with your kids in the car. Hopefully nah. you focus more. Yeah, I learned how to I learn how to tap into the gone part. Like it's a lot that come with it. Like if I get tap out of the gone part. 
if I get real mad, I feel like everyone has that side where they're like, oh, but it kind of happens a little frequent with me. Well, I think we've inherited. That's been handed down to us through the thousands of years. Like, you didn't survive unless you had that component of you, right? You got to be able to fight when it's time to go. Like, if somebody's attacking your wife or your girlfriend, like, if you don't, you know, if you let her get beat up in front of you, like, your genes weren't passed down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've thought about, like, if you don't reproduce, you have stopped an unbroken chain of four million years of tadpole to you and I sitting right here, right? It stops with you. And most people, it has stopped with him because there's been more people that have died than have reproduced. But it's crazy how many people are choosing to be childless. It's crazy. I'm hearing a lot of it too. I had a girl on the podcast, it might be the one you listened to, the climate change one. Yeah. Which is probably the last one I would have told you to listen to. But she decided at 18 years old she wasn't having kids because of climate change. And she's 42 now. Wow. I know. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that That's another episode. That, but And that's, like my dad is older than my grandma. How old's your dad? My dad is like 72, 73. Oh, okay. So he... My grandma's like 68. Had a kid with a much younger woman, right? Yeah. What, like a 30-year-old woman? Well, my mom was like 20, and he was like 42, 43 Okay, wow. Probably have more sisters and brothers, too. Yeah, you probably have more that you don't realize, huh? Yeah, exactly. I just stopped looking. (laughs) (laughs) Once you interacted with the two guys on Facebook, did you feel a connection with them? I mean, nah. No? Nah. So y'all haven't kept in touch? We got each other on Facebook, but no. I haven't met up with him or nothing like that. It was kind of like, oh, you're my brother, but you know. My brother and I aren't like best friends, so. What about your dad? You ever meet him? Yeah, still never met him. Haven't even seen him before, actually. Wow. Do you care to seek or look for him? I mean, I tried, but I gave up. And is that because... It's hard work, or if he's not looking for me at the same time, then screw him. You know, how do you feel about it? Well, yeah, I feel like it's hard work to where I just want to make it to where he can find me, get big enough. Ah, there you go. That's motivation. But don't you think he would just want some money or something? I feel like he's too old, you know. He might just need a little bit, like for Medicare, to supplement Medicare. (laughs) Right? I wouldn't trip about giving it to him. No, it's just, I would just. Want to at least meet him, you know? Yeah. Before he go. Because yeah. I know he's older right now, so. Well, he could be gone. I mean, there's yeah. a way to check that. That would be easy to check, I would think. I do need to check that. That's crazy. Did people talk a lot about escaping prison when you were in there? Nah, of course not, you know, because it's 2020. Well, well, back then. Explain that to me. Well, I feel like back then it was easier to escape, but now it's like. Your chances are slim. Well, you could probably get away, but your chances are real slim that you're going to stay out. So a lot you. of people just give it up. Like, hey, I'm just going to try to start a family in here. Like, in prison? Yeah, like getting because, the guard pregnant. And yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Raising them and, you know. Yeah. yeah, some people that have life and they have, like, weird goals. Like, their goals are, like, you hear the craziest goals from people that have 50, 60, 80 years. 
They be like, man, I'm going to start me a family from, I already got the guard I'm going to do it with. <laughs> I know what unit I'm going to go to and, you know, I got everything set up. Wow. I'm like, wow, bro. Like, How do they get to have sex with them? Just get a good job. You know, like I worked in the kitchen. So, yeah. you know, it was times where a guard came, got me at three in the morning, just me and her. We were in the back of the warehouse, utility office, all kinds of different places in the kitchen. No yeah. cameras. So, you know, it was definitely ways. Yeah. And they're not worried about losing their job? Or it's just I mean, you exciting know, to them? Yeah. You know, they say sex in prison would be the best sex ever because of thrill. Okay. Well, you know, it's like that's anywhere, something with the thrill, like on the roof or wherever. Yeah. That's what I heard, but I never got to. Yeah. Interesting, man. That is so interesting to me. So in Texas, do they pay felons to work? Like, did you get paid for working in the kitchen? Yes. So in Texas, they do not pay felons to work. They don't? Yeah. Which I consider modern day slavery because... What I experienced, it really made me look at a lot of things different because I used to hear him talking about field squad, this thing called field squad. So basically what it is, you go outside, kind of like picking cotton, like literally just like that. So you go outside and you're in the line, you have to strap Crocs, you know, the, the Crocs, the shoes. Yeah. You get a string, you tie them to your waist because that's your shower shoe. And you have to work with those on your waist. So you get the tool, the hoe tool, and you go pick up, like, I get in the line in the cornfield and, like, knock down the extra grass or pick tomatoes or jalapenos and do, like, some real slavery stuff while the guard's on the horse. On the horse, like, walking right next to you with the horse, like, hey, you missed the spot. Hey, stay in line. Like, this is literally slavery. You didn't have to do that, or you did? Oh, I did it one day, and after that, I was like, y'all can write me up every day, because I'm not doing this. <laughs> so uh-huh. I took a write-up, and with a write-up, you know, you can catch extra time, parole wants to come see you, and all kinds of different stuff. Wow. I experienced that, um, and come to find out that was the 13th Amendment is the reason why they're able to slave, you know, inmates in the United States. In the United States or Texas? In the United States. I had a guy at a coffee shop talking to me, a black guy, a couple days ago about the 13th Amendment. And I'm going to have him on the podcast. So he's very much about the 13th Amendment. He was talking over my head because I don't know much about it. But it's so interesting that you bring it up. Basically, what it consists of is once you're committed of a crime in the United States, Mm -hmm. you turn your rights over. And you literally let the United States slave you. Enslave you. Wow. Yes. That is nuts. I think a couple months I worked in the kitchen. You know, I tried other jobs. You know, I went to the kitchen, started stealing out the kitchen and all stuff. Got fired, but. Stealing know, what? Like food and taking it back to the dorm, selling it. Yeah, I would think that would be a good job. Yeah. Or working in the library so you could get smarter, like especially with the law. Yeah, the law library. Yeah. Or is there a law library and then a regular law a library? Yeah, so you have a law library and a regular library. Law library is for, like, people that try to get their case overturned or, like, something happened wrong with their case. And me, I actually had something wrong happen with my case, and that's how I got out of prison early, which is another crazy thing. Well, tell me about that. So 
you're in a jumpsuit, I imagine, standing in front of the judge. It's sentencing day. What are you feeling? Maybe we should back up and you should tell me about the not guilty, guilty verdict. Yeah, so that part is super weird in Houston for Harris County because I didn't see the judge until I signed. And that's something that they do. Like, you don't never, I don't even know what my judge look like until you say, hey, I'm going to sign for seven years. And then all of a sudden you see the judge after that. Like admission of guilt? You're considered guilty until proven innocent. Is that because you don't have an attorney or what? I don't understand. I mean, even if you have an attorney, you're going to see your attorney first and your attorney is going to talk for you. He's going to go in the room and talk to the judge, come back and tell you what the judge said. So, you know, in between that time right there, you could tell something's going wrong, especially if you have a court appointed lawyer. So Which that's, you did? Yeah, that's what I had. Because you didn't have any money? Yeah. That was happening. And, you know, the judge just wants to give you this. It's like, why can't I talk to the judge? So when I was like, okay, I'm going to sign for seven years. It took me a long time to sign the paper. And when I did sign, they didn't even give me, like, no receipt or nothing. Like, oh, you have seven years. It was just like. Go to prison. Like, I don't even know what I signed for. So in between that time, I realized I signed for seven years, but I did seven years in two months because Harris County messed up on my out date. So how do you feel knowing that you're going to spend the next seven years in prison? Well, I thought I was going to go home early for parole. So a lot of people told me I was going to do like a year or two. So I was just trying to like knock two years out the way and come home. A lot of people who in jail, who had seen people come in for a year or two, who had gotten seven years. Yeah, just making parole as far as being good. Good behavior. Yeah, I don't heard it happen a lot. Like, just be good and you'll, you'll go home early. But that, you weren't doing that. Yeah, that's where I made a mistake because I forgot that I was bad. You forgot that you were bad. Like, like I, I naturally, said. Naturally, like innately bad. Like, yeah, like I, my behavior was yeah. is terrible so i was like i'm gonna be good i'm gonna go down there and be good but i forgot that part Mm. so when i did go down there it was you know did you ever think about the fact that you didn't have a dad and how the role that that played yeah in how your life turned out to that point i do think that played a big role in my life and i think it does with a lot of people because we actually sat back and like did i study on that when we was we was G5 close custody. We used to do our research on certain things. Like far as should you spank your child? And we realized like most of us in here has got a spank. So why are we here? Like 95% of us has got a whooping from our parents. But the ones that haven't, that had to stand in the corner, time out punishment. There's the ones in society that's kind of, they're successful right now. So what does that tell you about punishing your children? And we used to do other studies like the father part. Everyone that doesn't have a father always bumped their head more than a couple of times. So is that a euphemism? What does bump your head mean? Bump your head means make a couple of mistakes. I feel like I wouldn't make certain mistakes if I did have a father. My mom was not able to be there and put me in certain things that my father would be able to do or just guide me. So I feel like I had to get a lot of that from prison as far as the elderly people, you know, uh, people older than me. I used to gravitate toward them. Yeah. I did a lot of that, too. I tried to date girls that had respectable fathers 
so yeah. that that would rub off on me. Oh, that's smart. I never got to meet the father of the girl I was talking to. Well, if I did, it wasn't any good circumstances. Give me your average day in prison. Like, what time do you get up? I didn't really have a schedule on that. Because having a phone, I never went to sleep. I went to sleep for like two hours, wake up, sleep for an hour, wake up. So my schedule was everywhere. And I think that's why I don't sleep a lot out here. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't have an alarm where they wake everybody up at 6 a.m. or anything like that? Where I was at, man, the guards didn't even walk by and do count. Really? Yeah, they had me like in Bermuda Triangle or something <laughs> like that. For real. <laughs> like, that place is wild, man. Like, like setting fires every day, smoked out, people throwing water out the cells, throwing piss at the guards. So the guards never wanted to come by and do count. Oh, so, yeah. Child time. The, the inmates didn't even want to come serve us food because people was throwing pee. Yeah. So we have a way to, it was times we couldn't eat. They had to come bring bags. Like, y'all going to stop throwing stuff or y'all not going to eat? And some people be like, you know, we don't give up. Like, bro, why did you do that? So now they're not going to feed us. And so it was a lot of days like that. We have to go through certain things because other people. Oh, that would piss me off. We couldn't shower I mean, for months. We're crazy people. Months not showering because months. some crazy person threw pee at a guard. Yeah, oh so my like God. y'all can't come out the cells, y'all on lockdown. So when you're on lockdown, you have to shower in your cell. You don't have a shower in the cell, you have to use the toilet. So people bury bath in the toilet. It's a known Jesus. thing, like, you know, wash your clothes in the toilet, bury bath in the toilet. Of course you clean the toilet out, but yeah, yeah. it's the same toilet you use the restroom in. Jesus. So little things like that, you know. What inspired you to become an artist, you think? So my brother, my older brother, he inspired me to do music. Is when we was like 10 years old, just freestyling over certain beats. And he was real good. But he doesn't even rap to this day, so I don't understand how that worked. So do you try to get your stuff on Spotify and things like that? Yes, I actually do have it on Spotify. What's it called? Good Gone Gangster with no spaces. Yeah? Yeah, no Apple Music as well. And how long have you been an artist? So I've been an artist since I was 12, and I'm 29 now. And but how I- would you keep that going while you were in prison? So when I was in prison, every time before I was G5, we used to always find out who all the good rappers on the unit. So people used to rap, and they'd be like, hey, man, you know you heard such and such? And I was always brought up in those conversations. Mm. So every unit I went to, I was always like the top five on the unit. Like, hey, come come spit some bars for, we used to have little competitions. Like whoever win, wins $10 and $15. And I had a big support from other inmates in prison, which is crazy. Like people supported me more than people that I knew in society. Like, I could see the, the big bad dudes liking you a lot because you could spit bars, as you said. Yeah, like, instead of me playing a song, it's not like, some people have phones, but not on the radio or anything. So, like, they want to hear the song. They're like, hey, man, Keys, my day going, you know, I'm having a tough day. Can you, let me hear that song one time. Oh, that's so, cool. Every time, I probably have to do a song like three times a day <laughs> for one dude, you know? And just because yeah. it make him feel good. Like, man, I need to hear that song, yeah. man. My girl, she ain't right me today. And it makes you feel good, too. Yeah. That's cool. So it was kind of like, that's what made me feel like music really 
targets people's feelings. Like you can really change people's emotions through the music. And that's and, what music means to you, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, to having that effect on people. Some people tell me they listen to my song every day. Like, man, I be listening to it every day. I get in the car. It's, that's motivation. It's like I could do that. I can make you feel like that every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't even talk. I'm talking to you through. Yeah, I went through a. I wouldn't say uh, depression or anything like that. Just kind of a somber mood a lot when I was like 27 to 29. And one of the things I realized is if I wasn't reading, I was listening to books on on CD in my car. And I'm like, I haven't listened to music in three years. I need to get back listening to music. And my whole world changed. I'm like, I forgot about music. How do you forget about music? But yeah, yeah, it's amazing what music does to people. Exactly. Imagine life without music. Yeah. And where does, that's got to be a God thing, right? Like how does my daughter who's, I mean, when she was eight months, she would hear a tune and just start like to the beat. Like how does she know how to do that? It's like, it got to be human nature because think about certain animals like birds that Mm -hmm. chirp in the music tone. So it has to be like, you know. Good point. So do you have a favorite artist? Yes. So I have a couple favorite artists, but the one that influenced me the most would probably be like Drake. My wife is a big Drake fan. She likes his voice. I got to say, I do too. That one album he did where he had like eight hits on it and he had a bunch of other people on it. I, I was into it. Give me a song off of that album. and I, Which I'll, album was it? Um, the most popular one, probably. I ain't gonna lie. He got a, <laughs> like, he got a catalog. Uh, I'm gonna say his most popular one was Scorpion. Nah. I'm gonna say Take Care. Yes, that one. Yeah. I'll Take one. Care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was one of the most popular songs right there, actually. Yes. As far as the artist, that's who inspires me as far as making music, creating music now. Uh-huh. As far as the story... Yeah. Like coming out the struggle and like just taking everything on and still becoming an artist. I look up to people like Kevin Gates and like Boosie and like the baby people that actually came from the struggle. I love me some the baby. Yeah. <laughs> when he talks about lighting uh, cop cars on fire and stuff, I mean, I'm no, I'm not anti police or anything. I'm pro police. But. Yeah. It fires me up, man. It makes me want to do some squats. <laughs> he Bang. fires me up. There's a song that he's in right now that he just has a line in that is like, wow, man, that, that line is just, how do you do that? How do you come up with that? And that's how I used to feel about Lil Wayne. And I don't feel like there's that many people like that anymore that are so witty. And I, you know what I think it is? I think it's people spend too much time with their brain stimulated so they don't have time to be creative. Like if you went on a walk for 40 minutes, you'd be listening to something, you know, so you wouldn't, something wouldn't come to you. Exactly. And that comes with what I was saying earlier about being in solitary, getting like, yes, getting that me time and actually thinking without having nothing in your head. I was listening to all like the top five on Spotify and whatever came on next was it. And he only had like a 30 second little riff. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. You notice that song was only like a minute and 52 seconds. You know, they all do that now because they get paid per listen. 
So yeah. if they had a four minute song, they don't get paid double for that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just one song. Better so, cutting it. Kind of, yeah, it kind of sucks for the listener, yeah. but smart for them. <laughs> and they're all going to do that now. There ain't going to be any 12 minute songs yeah, anymore. Yeah, them days are over with. Yes. Okay, so you did the good, the gone. Talk about the gangster. All right, so the gangster, that side of my personality is basically like just not taking, you know, just going by the G code, the gangster code is basically like not letting anybody play me for weak. I don't uh, condone violence at all, but I do promote self-defense. So when I say gangster, I'm not saying like as far as being like violating people and taking people's stuff and things like that. I'm just saying as far as like, say for instance, I'm in a line and someone just come and cut me. That's when my, you know, first I would approach like, excuse me, sir, did you see me right here? Mm-hmm. And if, you know, he pushed the issue like, hey, yeah, I did see you right here. And that's when my gangster side would probably come out and probably grab him and try to like, you know, and that's the other side of us. Dude, I hate to say it, but I have that too. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I got kicked out of a Starbucks the other day. There was one girl that was standing about four feet behind me. Well, four feet laterally and then maybe a foot back. And I couldn't tell if she was in line or not. She must have been about 23, I don't know. And dressed real homely looking, not attractive, like I wasn't trying to run game on her or anything. And I said, excuse me, are you in line? And she was like, um, no. And I go, how old are you? Like, because it's my opinion that young people get real uncomfortable real quick when they're talking to older people. And I think it has something to do with most of their talking has been done through a screen, right? So what did I say next? I said something like, I said, how old are you? And she goes, you're making me really uncomfortable. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah, in fact, I'm going to file a complaint. And she knew how to do it. Like she knew exactly what to do, like where the paperwork was. And, and the manager came over and it was like she had either filed a complaint or she worked there. Well, she worked there. So she had this fat friend with her who is standing kind of by the door and the manager comes to me and says, sir, I'm sorry, we're going to ask you to leave. And I was like, really? I hadn't ordered my drink yet. And she goes, yeah, but you're making customers uncomfortable. And I said, you know me. You see me in here all the time. I'm in here doing my work. And and she goes, I I know. It's just that I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, I don't want to start anything in a Starbucks. And so I walk out and the little chubby girl is standing by the door. I leaned, kind of leaned a little bit toward her and said, well, y'all won. I said, they, they kicked me out. And she goes, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and I said, you're the fattest fucking chick in here. How are you going to talk to me like that? You shouldn't even be in this sugary joint. Yeah. You know, so like that's the gangster in me coming out like, hey, fatty, they don't talk to me like that. Yeah, kind of like not protecting your ego, but it's like kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it it just I, I think that we're born to respect women. And I think the pendulum has swung too far. Yeah, exactly. And so, down to do anything. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Oh, he hit me. You go straight to jail. I didn't touch you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I just feel like 
people take gangster sometimes as far as like they always take it as bad. Well, actually, like how you just said that is kind of just respect. Like, would you say like a mirror towards respect? Like if somebody disrespects you, it's kind of like a, a mirror to where somebody they disrespect you. The disrespect is coming right back. Boom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so exactly that's, right. She got exactly the volume that she gave to me exactly. was given back to her. She used the F word. I used the F word. She probably thinks I'm an asshole. Well, guess who else is an asshole? <laughs> you know what I mean? She is. Yeah. And that's the gangster energy that I mean when yeah. I say that. Yeah. Whatever you put in, that's what you get back. I've always had that. And, and it, it kind of makes you unfuckwithable because people respect it. They see it and they're like, well, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to play on yeah. this, you know? Those are the three sides that I'm in tune with. Yeah. So what are you up to these days? All right, so now, um, you know, I work at the gym. So what I do is basically help people every day get back in shape, achieve their fitness goals as far as if they want to lose weight, gain muscle. That's the two main things that people basically want. That's how we met, by the way, at the gym. There's a, I don't know if it, where it started, but there's this universal rule going around. I think it's BS about not trying to meet women at the gym. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, actually, I hear a couple females say that at the gym. <laughs> you know, I hear them say that, you know, complain to the other people at the front. Mm. I hear them say that a lot. It's probably just creepy type dudes, huh? Yeah, most of the time when they say something like, hey, this guy is recording me on the machine or he's he's staring at me or... You know, things like that happen a lot. A recording on the machine is a step too far. But as far as meeting women at the gym, I met my wife at the gym. Yeah. There shouldn't be a problem with meeting people at the gym. I say it depends on the circumstances. Like if she's on a treadmill, you know, going high intense, you know, you don't want to walk up to them. And so for the guys that's out there that wants to meet a female at the gym, you know, I think your approach should just be on point. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, you know, I think that's a place where everybody go to improve themselves. Yep. Yeah, so what better place to go if you want to meet somebody who's also trying to improve themselves? Exactly. The gym is full of people that's trying to better themselves. Yeah. Versus the club where everybody... Oh, the club (laughs) is the worst place to meet a woman. Jesus. Don't expect to find Romeo and Juliet at the club. (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah, so let's try to put that one down now. Like, stop with that rule. It's it's not it's not true. Like, don't women. I don't think women have said that they don't want to be bothered as a universal rule. Just do it appropriately, like you said. Like, if they're running full speed on the treadmill, that's not the time. But if they're on a machine and they get off and they take their earpiece out. They probably want to be talked to. Exactly. Yeah, read the room, dudes, you know. <laughs> but that's a good job for you because you're, you're well-spoken. Did you do anything to better, probably reading helped, but you articulate well, so you're a salesperson. Do you think that you gained some salesmanship 
some uh, communication skills from being locked up? Yeah, so I think I definitely gained some type of communication skills and sales skills. Mm. Working at LA Fitness and me being incarcerated, I think all that came together. Cost right? Incarcerated. Oh, incarcerated. (laughs) Yes, I feel like all that came together. And then when I started learning more about fitness, I just really like helping people. So when I try to help them attain their fitness goals before I sell it to them, when you do sales, you always want to build value on whatever you're selling. So with the gym, of course, I build value on the gym. And then I would tell you about your fitness goals as far as if you want to lose weight or gain muscle, tell you the best way to go about that. Come mm-hmm. with a workout routine, nutritional guidance. And, you know, get you started. And nine times out of ten, usually join the gym. If not, they'll be back later once they gain the weight. And realize <laughs> that they should you know, yeah. signed up a long time ago. How many more people do you see in January than now? Around now is the time where everybody's coming back to the gym. Oh, it starts before the New Year's resolutions? Yeah, it's starting like right now. Really? Like, I didn't know that. Like two days ago, yeah. it's kind of like starting right now. Mm. So a lot of people coming from overseas, overseas, you know, people from college and from everywhere is coming to the gym now to see a couple unfamiliar faces around now. All right. So I do this with everybody. It's called Fun Questions at the end. And it's supposed to be lighthearted and kind of quick. You know, I don't want you to go into some novel with your answer, but don't feel like it has to be one or two word answers either. So... Is social media a net negative or positive for society, do you think? So I think it could swing both ways as far as good and bad, because if you look at it like social media, you can network and you can meet way more people. But it's bad for our kids because well, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just it takes away from the authentic as far as when you meet someone. Yeah. If you can meet someone in New York, you couldn't do that back then. You can okay. just meet someone in New York, like right now. So the reason I asked the question is because it's not supposed to be easy to answer. So oh. on net balance, there's good, there's bad. What do you think? Yeah, Pe- I think it's bad. Bad? Yeah. It's so bad, the bad it's outweighs bad. the good. Yeah. Okay. Cyber bullying and yeah. you know, people actually getting killed because of social media. Yeah, that's true. Right. And killing themselves. What's the most important thing to you in the next two to three years? I'm going to say getting rich and making sure my family healthy. That's a great answer. If you could spend a day with Mike Tyson or 50 Cent, who would it be? Shit, I'm going to say 50 Cent. Yep. (laughs) Not me. Well, you are a musician, so you would say 50 Cent. I think, I've listened to Tyson on podcasts. I think he is so smart and yeah. down to earth. And he's like you, man. He's he's introspective, and he's learned a lot from that. So I would say, Tyson, I'm surprised to hear you say 50. But I mean, you know what? 50 got rich, though, in yeah, business. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason why I say 50 is because, you know, the field that he's in mm-hmm. versus Tyson. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. You realize Tupac was only like 25 years old? Yeah. You know how smart that dude was? Yeah, he was real smart. God. I kind of uh, see myself in him. I can no, see I, that. I say, I, yeah, because you wouldn't say you see him in you. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So you said that right. But yeah, I see it. He read a lot. People don't read much yeah. anymore. He was more of a poet. Yes. And the things he just spoke, he was so outspoken. Feel yeah. like he didn't have to bite his tongue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, this is what's going on. I'm going to speak on it. Yes. I feel like if I was in the industry, I would do the same thing. So a lot of people be like, hey, man, you shouldn't speak on this. I feel like you're bashing these people. Like, I don't care about that. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. That's how I would feel. It's yeah. actually trying to help the youth. Yeah, Biggie never really resonated with me either. And I also think that Will Smith cannot compete with Tupac with regard to Jada's heart. I think that Jada is stuck on Tupac. I mean... The way he slapped Chris Rock, I feel like he really he really stuck behind Jada, you know? Yeah. I know that slap put a, a couple brownie points on his plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with but Tupac, cool. that fist would have been closed. That hand would have been closed. Yeah. And it, with Tupac, they would have been fighting on him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the gangster part I was talking about. Will Smith, people see him as a good person, but he does have a gangster side, and that's what came out that night. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not bad as far as like defending yourself. It was a mirror of disrespect between that right there. So it was like... You follow football? Yeah. Who's your favorite running back ever? Wow. That's a hard one. I'm going to have to say Barry Sanders or Ricky Williams. I always wanted to run like them. My buddy Byron and I ran into Ricky Williams on Bourbon Street one night. And he, oh, yeah. he had about five or six guys around him, I guess, like his little entourage or whatever. And Byron put his finger in his face and said, he was drunk, of course, and said, that's Ricky Williams. And Ricky Williams said, get your fucking finger out of my face, boy. And he was like, I'm sorry, man. And that was it. But I thought, oh, that was so stupid. But I've been watching clips of Barry Sanders. Holy shnikes. Guys can't do that anymore. That juke and stuff. Why why is it that guys can't juke like that anymore? Do you ever think about that? I mean, they could definitely juke like that, but better, honestly. You think? I just feel like back then they they couldn't tackle like they do now. Uh, I feel like everything has evolved. Like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, Hill, yeah. The way he juke back yeah. then, yeah, he'd have probably been scoring like five touchdowns a game back then. So you think it's well? Where does that come from? The better tackling. I feel like that comes from better equipment, better coaching, better training. Mm. You know, as time go by, you know, technology is, you know, that also helps with, you know, athletes finding the right nutrition and what they need and how to get the proper speed. Certain drills, everything is. Who's your favorite receiver ever? I'm going to have to say Tyreek Hill. Dang, he's a recent one. Yeah. That dude what? That dude is amazing. He is. Like, I don't see him. They should try to get him the ball within the first seconds of hike and just let him. Just let him be him. Yes, let him be him. Look at this picture I came across the other day. Perhaps the best receiver and cornerback ever to play, and Jerry Rice. I was at a taxi line at the Mandalay Bay, and Jerry Rice was, I guess, I assume it was his wife, was standing behind me. And I thought, 
you know, I could talk to him, and that way I could say seven years from now when I'm talking to Gerald, I could tell him that, you know, I had a conversation with Jerry Rice, but I thought, you know, I respect him more and his work ethic, and he'd probably rather not be bothered. And so I'm going to let his wishes outweigh my wishes. That's kind of how I think. And so I didn't talk to him, but I could have. He was right there. And that's like if he were a regular person, I would have talked to him because I talk to people a lot. Anyway, that's probably why you're here today. But that was Jerry Rice, you know, the best receiver that ever lived. You ever talk to anybody famous? Yeah, actually, I talked to someone famous last night at the gym. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Who was it? Somebody I know? I mean, Sosa Man. He's a rapper. Sosa Man, like Sammy Sosa? Yeah. Sosa Man. Yeah, just Sosa Man. He signed to uh, Taylor Gang. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I just talked to him last night, you know, at the gym. He came in for a guest pass. And <laughs> With somebody you knew? I just knew when I seen his face. like. Oh, and you were like... Here's a guest pass? No, like, here's my music. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, yeah. I let him in the gym. Like, yeah, he's good. You know, and then later on, play my music for him. Cool. You know, he liked it and stuff. I'm going to have to look him up. So, some man. That's cool. Was he recognized by anybody else at the gym? No, nah, I'm not going to say that. No, nah. because he had his hoodie on and mm. everybody wasn't really paying attention he came in one of the hours where everybody was gone so mm. no one really recognized him let me look him up on instagram real quick you think he's on instagram yeah i got him right here and he just happened to be on the west side of houston or you had a buddy that lives out here or what this him with takeoff i don't even know who takeoff is they got killed in houston one of the what? amigos you ever heard of amigos yeah yeah one of the amigos got killed I didn't know that. This is him right here. This is Amigo. No shit. This is Amigos. This is Where'd him. he get killed? In Houston. Like Bowling Alley. On the north side of Houston. Oh my like God. Like two, three weeks ago. Like an argument or a gang thing? Or? It was a dice game they had and they got the video and Takeoff had got shot in the head and died in his brother's arms right there in front of everybody. And they said somebody was trying to take his chain and but, you know, Jay Prince and Mob Ties, they the ones that were supposed to be taking care of the Migos when they came down here. Because he's supposed to check in with Mob Ties, supposedly. Who are these guys? Rappers also? Jay Prince, you know. You ever heard of Jay Prince? But yeah. It's a lot. But anyway, he check in with them and they came down here, showed them around the city and they ended up getting killed. Look at this, dude. I was in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And this kid was taking a picture with this. He was asking to take a picture with this dude. And just the, the respect he was giving him, I was like, I'm going to go ask to get a picture with him, too. And I did. I felt kind of stupid. But I was like, hey, can I get a, little, a picture with my little um, nephew, for, for my little nephew? And he was like, he didn't speak in English. Yeah. So anyway, his name is El Gante I had no idea who he is. I go back to my hotel room. I look. Dude's got 5.3 million followers. I'm like, holy shit. He's yeah, from Argentina. Okay. okay. He big out there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got this. 5 million in Argentina? He's got this. I uh, had that many people out there. Isn't that something? That's crazy. He's got this 
tagline that he says all the time, and it was cool that he said it in the the video that he did with me. And it's like cumpleaños cuatro veinte. It's real fast, but it has something to do with four twenty. I'd have to look through the videos to find it. I don't have it saved to my favorites. This is crazy. My first day in Romania, I'm walking down the street, and I see this woman about to jump off the building. I waited about 30 minutes just to see what was happening. People started gathering around. I was like, I, I'm not going to wait. Five minutes later, she jumped off the building. You seen it hit the ground? No. Thank God. I'm glad I left. But anyway, I got some stuff on my phone, man. I've been around the world. I don't know if you know that. I've been to about 60 countries. Yeah, that's what's up, man. A lot of countries, 60 yeah. 60 countries. Yeah. That's like almost the whole world. You know Pearl Jam? Nah. No. Okay. So Pearl Jam is like, he's very popular, even relative to El Gante. I mean, he would probably shit. Pearl Jam was like my favorite band when I was in high school. And he has the most distinctive voice you can imagine. We were in Argentina. We were going to, to his concert the next night. And it was so cool because to go to a foreign country like that, and Argentina is at the southern tip of South America. And he filled the stadium. And the stadium was as big as like, not Minute Maid, what are we, Energy, what am I NRG. thinking? NRG, yeah, thank Minute you. Minute Maid is the biggest one. And to see people who don't speak English singing his songs was just amazing. It kind of gives you the goosebumps. Yeah. But the night before, we were at like the nicest steakhouse everybody told us we had to eat at. And me and my then-girlfriend, now wife, who you know, we had the conversation that night that she always sits where she can see the door, which is it's masculine to me. I don't like that. Like, I need to be able to protect my woman and I need to be able to to call for the waiter whatever I need I need to be able to see the room so that night I brought it up and she said okay well you sit on this side so I sat on that side and big old black dude sitting next to me I mean he was he was like sitting see this glass guy he was sitting right there and I thought that's weird he's facing me and I thought that is so weird and there was just one table behind me and what do you know they got up to leave, and he was talking as they left. And I got the goose, I got the hairs on my neck standing up because it was his voice. And then I thought, oh, we're here to see his concert. That's why he's in Buenos Aires, Argentina. That's Eddie Vedder. Oh my God. And then he leaves the room, and everybody in the room, it was like when the substitute teacher is in your class, but then she leaves the room, and everybody starts talking. That's how it was. Everybody on this patio area just started talking like, oh, my God, did you get a picture? Did you get a picture with him? You know, like, uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, the night that I told my girlfriend that I needed to face that way. I mean, had I faced this way, I would have seen the whole band the whole time. And that would have like made my life, you know, because I definitely would have got a picture with him anyway. So that's my celebrity story, I guess. But damn, I got off topic there. Do you have a favorite podcast? Yeah, The Man Overseas <laughs> My man. Second favorite podcast. You got one? No, for real, for real. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh, you want to leave it at that? For real? Yeah, for I'll, real. I'll take it. Because I, I watch Million Dollars Worth of Game. It's basically like interviews of rap artists. You know, I've listened to T.I.'s podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever listened to his podcast? Nah, but I can only imagine because he he clever. Well, he's a dummy. He's he's <laughs> he's not smart, but his interview with Mike Tyson is awesome. Yeah. It's the like one of the best interviews I've ever heard. Yeah, but Ti tries to use a lot of big words and stuff, and it yeah. makes him sound so stupid. But that's just my opinion. If you were forced to live the rest of your life in an American city that isn't Houston, or let's say, can't be Houston or Dallas or Austin, so outside of Texas, where would you live? Miami, Florida. Miami, huh? Yeah. You like those Cubanos? Those? No, really, I just like the way it look out there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like the way it And, and they could be included, <laughs> right? <laughs> If you could go any, anywhere in the world for two weeks, where would you go? So if I could go anywhere in the world, I'd probably go to Hollywood. Hollywood? Really? Yeah. What is it about Hollywood? It's opportunities. Mm, you know, so I, you'd I, stay there and try to meet people? Yeah, because I have a couple of scripts. So, you know, I also want to do acting one day. As far as getting into that world, I would like to stay out there a couple months. Well, you got big dreams, my man. How old are you? 29. You must really regret what you did because seven years was taken from you man yeah man i really agreed all my 20s gone i had came up with like like a, a master plan you know yes. to come up with this empire called above life yes it's an entertainment team to where you know basically we're going to do events every week and try to change try to change poverty a little bit you know yeah and, and reach out to our community and try to like get kids to try to learn more and basically try to push like non-violence as far as fighting more than shooting to try to take that away from society a little bit. I like that. Cause I, I think there is something to be said for fighting. Like I can remember watching my brother get in a fight. My brother was four years older than me. And my dad was nearby and he, somebody tried to break up the fight. And my dad said, no, let him fight. And it was like my dad, I, I need to ask him about this. It was like he felt like my brother needed to have that experience yeah. to get it out of him. You have to get it out of you. you know? Yeah. Fighting is okay. Yes. When I say it's okay, of course I'm not going to fight everybody. Fighting is okay because... It makes people put the weapons down. Yeah, and when you're 13, 14, it's, you're not going to kill somebody, you know, like fighting usually. You know, what's, what's crazy now is that you could act like a badass when you were young, but you got to watch who you're talking to now because everybody knows jujitsu, and if they get you on the ground, I mean, if you don't know how to fight on the ground, you're screwed. Yeah, that's when you could die in a fight. Yeah. So a lot of people know that they can't stand their own ground, so that's when the weapons come into play. Yeah. Would you rather win a national championship or a gold medal? National championship? Why is that? National. I just feel like that one hold more weight mm. versus like a Grammy or something like that. I feel like that'll be a national championship, me winning a Grammy or getting a nominated for it at least. Fair enough. What are you most grateful for? I'm grateful to have a family that actually, you know, to actually care about me, you know, to have my mom still here, mm. like not losing nobody close to my family. 
that's one thing I'm real grateful for. Cause I see, I know a lot of people that lost someone close to their, close to their family or someone close to them. That never happened to me. Yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. What happens after we die, you think? Honestly, what I really think, I feel like we, we turn into something else. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, we born something else. I don't know what it could be. But I feel like anything that's living on this earth, I feel like you're going to be born again. Your spirit is going to go into that. But they say it's heaven, so it might even be. Because we have deja vu and stuff. So I always like, who knows what's after this? Because when we die, who's going to tell somebody that, hey, bro, I just went to heaven. It's live up there. Or like, I just came from hell. It's all fire down there. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like that. But at the same time, I feel like it's a heaven, like we're gonna be in the clouds, like everybody say, everything nice up there, you know. I don't know how we're supposed to eat up there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the most diehard Christians. Well, how do I wanna say this? Nobody wants to die. Even the most diehard Christians don't wanna die to get to heaven. That's saying something. That you know, that's that's crazy. Yeah, like I always thought about the heaven part. How they say one sin is not greater than the next. Oh, one one sin sin is not greater than the next. Uh huh. I never understood that. Okay. For the simple fact that you mean tell me thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not kill is equal. Right. There's no way you can make me feel that way. Yeah. Steal from a cookie jar. You can steal gum. You can. You know, there's no way that could add up to someone killing someone. Right. But that's my opinion, but that's that's one of the rules, right? The commandments, yeah. Well, yeah, one yeah. of the commandments. So who's to say that see something I can kill this person and say, God, please forgive me for killing this dude. Yeah. And I can go to heaven. You know, so. That's what they say, actually, right? Yeah. Isn't it like uh if you wear a scapula or if you go to confession right before yeah, you like die? You get baptized or somebody can get baptized for you. But at the end of the day, I just feel like when you take someone's life, there's no, I feel like. There shouldn't be redemption. Yeah, like you should already know what it is when you do that, you know. So I went to a funeral for a friend of mine who killed himself. And when I was coming up, I grew up Christian or Catholic. And we were always told that if you took your own life, you God took, well, you took God's life, one of God's children. So I was interested to see how the priest or pastor would handle that. And he handled it as if it was somebody else who killed him. He said he was one of God's children. And I remember him telling the parents to look around the church because this he had a lot of friends. And so there were hundreds of people there. And he said, all these people are here because they loved your son and we'll see him in heaven or something like that. And, you know, I was always taught, you don't go to heaven if you take your own life. So That's a tough topic because it was a lot of people that I knew that killed themselves when I was in prison. In and, prison? Like, yeah, in or prison. outside? No, like in prison, like myself, the dude right next to me in the cell killed himself. How did he do it? He hung himself with a fan cord. Mm. He, like, put the fan on one side of the toilet, sat on the other side. And, like, the cord was under the toilet, wrapped around his neck, and, like, leaned forward. Never knew you could hang, hang yourself sitting down, but that's mm. when I found out you could. And, yeah, 
Do you think about doing that? What, me hanging myself? Well, killing yourself while you were in jail. Yeah, it never never crossed my mind. No? No. Did they have other guys that did it? Yeah, it was a couple guys. Like, I say somebody killed themselves like every two months. Dang. Yeah, on Telfer Unit, you know, it was like 20 people died in the span of a year. Wow. It was like in eight weeks, it was five people that died from different reasons. Getting killed by the guards, overdosing, just things like that. Overdosing. Yeah. So they had enough drugs oh, yeah. brought in. For sure, for sure. By um, a deodorant cap. What? Overdosing on a deodorant cap? No. Yeah, no, nah, that's just how you measure it out. You sell it by the deodorant cap. Oh, interesting. I yeah, I don't want to say too much. So. No, but I do. I want you to say more. Cause that, yeah, you said about a deodorant cap. Just, you know. So what? Just depends on what, what drug you have. Like, oh, I got this deodorant cap of meth for like 300 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A chapstick cap goes for like $100 or something. Yeah. What like, else? Depending on what it is. What Synthetic other- marijuana you can get. You can get a deodorant cap for $100. And what if they sell it to you and it's, it's not real? I mean, you you, ha- you can't. You have I mean, no yeah. recourse. Yeah, you got a lot of that going on in there, too. That would... People, people you know, they try to finesse you like that. They might sell you some oregano, like just some grass, you know. Chop it up, make it look good, give you some tea. But yeah, they, they got all kinds of ways. Like, Dang. I don't want to give up the game, but they got they got a lot of stuff. And people doing people wrong in there, you know. Bombing fluid. They just literally spraying roach spray on paper, selling it to people. People smoking it. People doing all kinds of stuff in there, like smoking banana pills and putting toothpaste on orange, making acid. You know, people lost their minds in there to where you see some people in there that you'll never see out here. They've been in there for years. It's kind of like Neanderthal. But modern day Neanderthal, <laughs> you know, people really living like that. Like get out the bed, no shower, no brush their teeth. Where's the drugs at? Mm. My meal, I'm, I got lunch coming. I can give my lunch for just a hit. Mm. I give my dinner for another hit. I give my breakfast for another hit. So what are you eating? I find something to eat. I get some scraps out the trash can or something. Mm. You know, there's people that was really living like that every day. Wow. You know, they just want to get high. They don't care about getting the meal. They know the meal going to come some way. Yeah. They can eat anything. They just know to get high, they have to get that high. And with wow. their meal, they can trade their meal for a high. And you never got into drugs while you nah, were in there? Yeah, I never tried any drugs or did drugs. I just always smoked weed. Instead of me doing medication, I just do weed. I never did the medication they gave me for bipolar disorder. Because ever since I was young, I never took medication. When I got sick, never took it. No NyQuil, no Tylenol. And I feel like that's what made my immune system kind of, I don't know. You could sell your bipolar medication or no? Yeah, I used to sell my medication. Was that, is that worth anything? Yeah, it just depends on what I had. Like if I had Trizodone. Yeah, I don't know what that I mean, in prison, it's worth something. You sell it for like $2 a dollar. That's something there. You can get like four soups. It's four meals right there. Yeah. So if you do that every day, you get two, three pills a day. That's eating good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you saying there, but uh, yeah, that dumb days, man. That's like I did like 
2,300 days or 2,500 days, something like that. Okay, talk to me about when you got out, what that feels like. Oh, man, when right I got before, out. Right before, and then tell me, did you kiss the ground? Talk, walk me through that process. All right, so when I got out, the way that I found out, because I got out early, remember I told you? Harris County found out that they messed up on my case. So when I was in my cell, I was already known as like the most known offender on Telford Unit because I had dreads and I used to always give them a hard time because I knew I was going home, but I didn't know I was going home that early. So when they came to my cell and said, hey, you need to take a COVID test and sign these release papers, I thought that they was playing. So I went out there, signed it, and like, hey, you're going home tomorrow. Is it because of COVID? You got no. to go home early? No, because no, they messed up on my out date. Okay. Yeah, they left me in there two months after my out date. So when they found out, it was like, hey, get him out. Because my out date said December 10th, but they let me out October 26th. So when I got out, all the guards literally watched me get out. So I was kind of under a lot of pressure because they had investigators right there at the gate when I was getting out. Like, hey, he has a charge for assaulting the officer. So I thought I was going to have to turn around and come back because it was investigators right there. So I was kind of nervous when I was coming out because the person that came to pick me up had two investigators sitting right there. And all the other guards, like, he's really going home. I can't believe this. When did you assault the investigator? A day before I was supposed to go home. Well, I assaulted the guard. You what? Assaulted the guard. But it was an accident the way it happened. I don't know. Because I was in handcuffs and they was trying to, like, make slam me to the ground. Uh, and I was, like, walking with them. And they couldn't take me down. And then somebody... One of my so-called friends threw some water out the cell, made the, a concrete. It was like the, the smooth concrete. So when it got wet, they instantly got slippery. So we all fell. Nah. And I landed on his arm. And I think it broke his arm. Oh, my. And since y'all were friends, they probably thought that you had... No, I wasn't friend with the guard. You were friends with the guy who threw the water. Yeah, he tried to throw the water on them, but he threw it on all of us and got the yeah. away. It's like, why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. That could have got you another couple of years. Yeah, how pissed would you have been? That's what, how nervous I was when I was leaving out. That's why yeah. I, I didn't have that, oh, I'm going home. Yes, I was kind of like, man, I please, please just let me get through this. That's the feeling I had. So when I did get in the car, I still had that feeling like, what if they call me for some type of case for this? While I was going home, we was five hours away from my house. The car broke down because... Police car? No. Her car, the girl that came and got me, oh. her car broke down mm. because she hit a deer the night before trying to come <laughs> get me and hit a deer on the street and her car messed up. So so you had to spend another night because she hit a deer? It was worse because it was in the middle of nowhere. Wow. And we had to walk to a hotel. So I spent my first night in a hotel, didn't really get to do nothing. But then after that, it was on. <laughs> when I woke up and realized I was in society, that feeling is like the best feeling in the world. I'll never forget that day. The only day that compete with that is the day my son was born. Because mm. I can remember that day vividly as well. But that, that feeling, I can replay that feeling over and over. And every time something stressful happens out here, I just think about prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always get happy instantly. You know, like... It's a, it's a cheat code you yes. know, for stress. Oh, I can imagine. Jesus. So this girl you met in prison or you knew her before you went in? Oh, yeah. I met her in prison, but. Well, dude, 
This was a heck of an interview, unlike any that I have done before. And I really appreciate you coming on such short notice. If there's anything I can do for you, my man, let me know. Yeah, sounds good. I just hope I don't leave anything out. Well, I should ask you, where can people find your music? If they wanted to contact you online, how would they do that? Yes, yeah, so, uh, you can contact me on uh, Instagram at the official 3G. Uh, that's my music page. But if you like, you trying to find out your fitness goals, if you want to lose weight, gain muscle, whatever you want to do, you can contact my Instagram page, which is AWOK Motivation. It's going to be AWAK Motivation. That's my fitness page. My music page is the official 3G. So you can check out my music on there and my bio. You can see my album on Apple Music as well on YouTube, Spotify. Visuals coming soon. I also have a pressure washing page. I also pressure wash, trying to clean the community one property at a time at a low cost. So you can check out my pressure washing page at low cost underscore pressure washing. So you can see some before and after pictures, porches, driveways, houses, even roofs. Um, you can call to get a free quote at any time. And that's about it. All right. There it is, folks. Thank you for listening. And never, ever take it lightly that you've chosen to spend your time with Gerald and I. You, of course, can reach me at man underscore overseas on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, folks. 